I'm Evan. I'm Nathan. And I'm Alec. And this is episode three of the Lieutenant Dan Ice Cream Social Hour. We're back. We're back. It's been it's been a hot minute. I know this is a hotly anticipated episode. Um, <laughs> after the really the high peaks we hit with uh, with cars, Pixar's cars, we had a had a great time with that one. Thank you for for check, checking that one out. It was. It was super fun, uh, but we're back with something different. We'll get to our movie uh, in a little bit. But one thing we wanted to summarize briefly was since we last recorded, uh, the three of us, we went on a hiking trip. Yeah, yeah. Su- pseudo backpacking. We meant to be a little bit more intense about backpacking, but uh, some weather intervened and a couple snafus later. But we had a really great time in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Um Evan's first time actually camping ever, so uh, really great exposure for him. Definitely recommend going up there if if you're in the area. Um, we were at the Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore more specifically, and we were just kind of hanging out. Uh, we went to a lighthouse. We saw the Pictured Rocks. We saw some cool sand dunes, hiked through the woods for many, many hours and many miles, set up camp. It was, it was a good trip. We also saw a UFO, but... <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that maybe true. a story for it's another a whole, time. whole can of worms. Um, I will say though, really nice just living in the metro area of, you know, Chicagoland, just urban everywhere. Uh, really nice that, you know, only what a six hour drive North got some, some really great natural beauty, maybe a little bit longer than that. I mean, six hours doable. if you want to get a speeding ticket, which you did. Yeah. Sure. But you know, it happens. Life happens. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. Pay it and move on. <laughs> it's true. It was, it was a super, super fun time, but something else that's was super fun, you know, culture-wide that I think we would be remiss if we didn't cover as as a movie podcast is the Barbenheimer phenomenon that we're going on about 10 days since it, uh, it all started on uh, Thursday the 20th. Uh, I was there opening night. I saw both films. I had a special t-shirt and all. It was a really uh, special day. It was very hotly anticipated. I was like just vibrating all week leading up to it. Like it was hard to believe that it had finally uh, arrived and to see it now Again, just a week and a half later, that seems like both movies overall have lived up to expectations is uh, quite joyous for, you know, lovers of movies and more people that maybe didn't weren't into movie theaters now. But then somehow this is a way way for them into it. You know, big Internet memes and all that. Absolutely. And uh, we'll spare uh, some of the details here as our uh, friend Alec here has not yet gotten a chance to see those as he's been busy uh, procuring his first house. So yeah, mm-hmm. a little it takes little a lot of time. That does take. No, a little don't time. don't leave out stuff. If it's worth mentioning, mention it and I'll yeah. see it eventually. Yeah, we, we just won't go too in depth. But I, I will say, as Evan said, um, truly just the buzz in the air leading up to uh, that Thursday evening. Um, I personally only saw Oppenheimer uh, on Thursday night, and then I believe I saw Barbie uh, the next evening. Um, kind of get started there, Oppenheimer. I mean, yeah, definitely a Christopher yeah. Nolan movie. Uh, the Both of us, we caught a second viewing yesterday. Just yesterday. Just yes. yesterday, and pretty pretty sure it's solidified among... I mean, it'll be leading the pack in Oscar nominations along with probably... Uh, Kill, Killers of the Flower Moon. Absolutely. When when that when uh, that Highly time comes along as well comes along in January, and it's you know, probably one of my favorite favorite Christopher Nolan movies, top three potentially, and Definitely. one of the probably one of the coolest and most interesting biopics I've seen. Which that's it's hard to I mean that that's a rare statement if any, um, mm-hmm. especially because I, I think 
in the uh, the megaplex that Hollywood has become, those movies kind of get lost in the shuffle when they do come out, even if they are good. So it's really cool to see Christopher Nolan kind of taking his first, I think this is his first foray into a, a biopic. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so. And for the first time, uh, the film, you know, one of Christopher Nolan's films isn't heavily action reliant. In fact, there's really no action in the film. It's all, mm-hmm. if you really want to oversimplify it, it's just people in rooms talking. <laughs> it truly is a men in, white men in rooms talking movie. And it is three hours long. But man, they, it is just so engaging it from des- start to finish. Like, it deserves those every two, those minute two of those first three hours. hours, especially like fly by. Like it is like, you know, not even including the sound design. It's like literally crackling with energy yes. in a certain sort of momentum leading up to, you know, you know, the Trinity test. Yep. Not again, not to spoil anything. Yep. Uh, Which trying to talk about spoilers or something that's basically all historical right, factual, right. Um, you know, with but, some liberties taken. But uh, the uh, unbelievably stack cast lives up to live, totally lives up to the hype as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty powerful stuff. I'm, I need, I need a break from it now, now that I've seen it twice. Yes. And it is six, it's seeing a, it twice is six hours of It's a movie. lot to consume. So uh, I'm going to wait a while, but I'm I'm, I'm confident this will be one that I'll, I'll watch pr- probably probably many times in my life. Yes. Being completely honest. Uh, and then definitely top. Yeah. Top. Mm-hmm. And then to flip to Barbie, um, obviously, you know, part of the reason that it was that this movie phenomenon is so big is because of how starkly different these two these two are and the pairing of it just made it a super fun thing to to go through and have people dressed up you know like i said i was wearing a a fun little shirt um obviously uh is pleasing to the audience in, in in different and very different ways um but just just a blast i would say regardless of whether or not you like emotionally connect with it as a lot of people that i know did like talked about just it connected with them so deeply yeah. they're they're crying at the end of the movie and that's it's so great that it has that impact as well and to see that as uh someone who didn't have that reaction but was just like wow that was yeah. so fun and just it's something a that lot had, of fun and just something that we hadn't seen before i think that considering that it is a mattel sponsored and you know c- kind of controlled right. product it's hard to imagine that that the corporately sponsored Barbie movie, it could be much better than this. Oh, absolutely. I would say so. I, I would say too, speaking from the perspective of like, I, I, I will be the first person to admit this movie was not made for me. It, it just wasn't. Um, but still, the level of appeal it can have to a broad audience is amazing. And I, I had a lot of fun with the movie. Um, especially, I, I would say, uh, the one thing that this definitely highlights is well again the just the power of i don't know social organization and going look at this we're going to make this big event out of movies i think we need more event style movies or premieres i love that Um, but also if you look at the 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 box office for barbie i don't know specific numbers but holding over into its its second weekend it is insane um and i think it, it certainly points to if there's an underserved market uh for film it might be just women in general movies, like movies, movies made for, for, for women, women right for women and, and, and by women too and in I mean, this case right and so but can you imagine even we can't even talk about recasting the two leads of this no. movie like that the fact that they truly nailed that um and you know all the the songs and this you know the, the soundtrack really works out um it's yeah it was i just smile smile on your face oh, like yeah. the whole time i mean is so fun i'm excited i haven't seen that one a second time yet but i'm I'm equally as excited yes. as I was to see Oppenheimer. On again. the docket. There's a lot more to uh, get into there. It's On just the docket, for sure. So, so fun, and hopefully both of those 
with kind of a dry period in, uh, in terms of releases over these next few weeks, except for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, Gran Turismo. Uh, uh, I think both those movies should continue to, to dominate the box office and and get some big numbers. And then we'll be talking about, I think, Oscar nominations for, yeah, for both of them. For both, I, I would say. I would um, say uh, to to just kind of cap off the, the whole Barbenheimer phenomenon, uh, in my opinion, simply sublime. Sublime! If you don't understand, you'll, you will at some you point. You will. Okay, so I believe uh, in our Cars episode, we said our... Uh, sorry sorry about all the audio I've been... It's okay. It's okay. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're pushing through. We said we would do the Florida Project for this third episode, but then... We, we came lied. Back, yeah, we lied. We came back together, and we just weren't really feeling it for that day. Um, we, we picked something that was still very different than than Cars, and actually uh, is a nice segue very from, apropos. From, from Barbie... Uh, uh, to this one, which is Greta Gerwig's Little Women, uh, came out in 2019. I'm sure many of you have seen this and also and and uh, also love it. Me and and Alec, we had seen it before and expressed our affection for it, but it was Nathan's first time. Yep, which is very surprising. Like that, it, it would upon watching it was definitely one of those movies where I was like, yeah, I, I that would have been something I would have watched. I don't know what I was doing in what was it 2019? 2019 came uh, out Christmas. Too busy working in mm -hmm. school, but no excuses. Yeah, if you want to just. Break down your thoughts of it a little more as the first time watcher. Yeah, well, I I was a little, I guess, apprehensive. Um, I had honestly never seen a Gerwig film before. Well, I had seen Barbie by the time, which uh, shame on me, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I'd, I'd watched Barbie and I liked what the direction was doing there. So I had a, obviously a lot of uh, hope going into watching uh, Little Women. But um, I, I can be, I love history. Um, I love, and obviously it's not like this is factual. It's still a, taken uh, from a book. Um, a book that is now historical, you know. Like yes, uh, all, yes. Over 150 years old. At this yeah, point, I believe. crazy. Um, for, for me, period pieces can be a little bit hit or miss. Uh, depends, you know, if, again, the direction uh, and the screenplay can, can pull me in or not and hold my attention. Um, but as a lover of history and historical things, I do like to see um, pieces from uh, especially this period in, in history uh, or what early America or we're in the 1800s you know, mid, mid to late 1800s yeah um, but no I, I came out pleasantly surprised I I already thought yeah it was probably going to be a good film just because I'd heard of all the acclaim but I really enjoyed it um, the the, the uh, dynamics between all the characters uh, were very I think this is hard to do when you have such... I, I would call it an ensemble cast, I, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, one of the hardest things to do, uh, and again, the, there's inspiration to, uh, to write from, but to hold consistency in the different character dynamics, um, especially moving back and forth between, uh, I guess, the present day, quote-unquote, and the past, and then holding those dynamics and showing the characters' evolutions, uh, the film did a really great job yeah, of Yeah, it's that. able to jump around and still like feel cohesive and... All the relationships are pretty genuine. Yes, I would say it just has a lot. Of, I bought it. A lot of a lot of warmth to it. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just such a, a special movie. Just a great, great thing. You know, any time of year movie, though, it really hits at the holidays, which is when it came yeah. out. I remember I saw this on New Year's Day, uh, twenty twenty, uh, and I, at that point, as a as a nineteen year old uh, person, I w I was also going in. I was like, oh, you know, like. 
I might be a little bored, but I'm sure right. I'll like it. I'm sure it'll like look pretty and stuff. And that that was me saying that as someone who was already a lover of of Saoirse Ronan um, with some some of her past movies, you know, between 2014 and uh, 2019 and. Uh, multiple moments watching this, movie, watching this movie for the first time i was like my breath was taken away it's it's just extremely powerful like there's you know it's it's little about these people's little lives and nothing like hugely catastrophic but happens, it's emotional but and it's, it's gripping it, it really really is um and i think we'll we'll look back in 30 40 years and this is one of the best casts at like ever assembled like they really just nailed it with uh, again, Greta behind the camera who understands the story at such a deep level and just you line up, uh, you know, the, the titular four little women and it all makes such sense. And then the the uh, uh, quote unquote adult figures as well. You get Legends and Dern and Meryl. You get a, you get a just, cherry on top what, halfway through the film. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I guess. Yeah. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. Um, so. Skip ahead maybe 30 seconds if you haven't, just because I don't want this moment spoiled for you. Um, but I'm sure if you have seen it, you know what we're talking about. Uh, Bob Odenkirk appears as uh, as Mr. March and, you know, says, oh, all my little women comes in on Christmas. And it's just like just fucking movie magic. Like there's just no Jimmy McGill, Saul Goodman in the flesh. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew this movie was going to work for Nathan because of that moment alone, because he's a big Better Call Saul Breaking Bad fan. And... As I predicted, he's he goes, Bob Odenkirk appears on screen and he goes, no fucking way, <laughs> no fucking way. Uh, so that worth that really worth out. that payoff alone, mm -hmm. not yes. knowing who was in the movie. Um, but uh, additionally, just how good the film was, just at, poured on top of that. Mm -hmm. Alec, Conti uh, thoughts thoughts continue on continue on continue okay. on. <laughs> okay. I'm still trying to figure out some audio stuff. Okay, so I uh, gotcha. If you can't yeah. tell, Alec is our. Uh, audio technician here uh, mm -hmm. he's the one who tries to make a sure that we sound good yeah and um we're using one cheap mic and <laughs> it's it's not cooperating right now so i'm focused more on you guys and having the show sound good than having me talk with shitty uh gain so okay i'm sure i'm sure alec will be able to chime in here uh, at in some a point bit with that uh, we'll with see his thoughts. right well, uh so one thing that i wanted to cover kind of early on is the success of this movie the great financial and critical success that was pretty unexpected. Uh, granted, it was coming at the end of this unbelievable movie year. Uh, that was 2019. But so uh, just a quick summary. In the U.S. and Canada, it made $108 million, and Then the rest of the world made $111 million, totaling $219 million worldwide on a $40 million budget. And that's just great you know, profit oh. margin for a movie of this, of this type. Um, currently holds a 95% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, an average review of 8.5. Again, Rotten Tomatoes is not the end-all, be-all of uh, criticism and, but it and can overall be a ratings movies, but it, you can it's interesting to look at. Uh, nominated for six Oscars, best pi best picture, uh, best actress for Sersha, best supporting actress for Flo, uh, best adapted uh, original score and costume design, which was its sole win. Uh, so considering how the gauntlet of the 2019 movies, it's I'm really glad that it Dude, was able to. The costumes were so good in Spot this, on. so it's, good. I read a little bit about the costumes they did. They made 75 like period accurate dresses. Really, that, that each took 40 hours of labor. To Holy make. cow! That's yeah. wow. Um, and I something else that, that I, 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 I we probably all knew subliminally, but I I don't think I thought about directly is each 
of the sisters have a specific color palette. So green and lavender is uh, Meg, and then Beth is is pink, and Joe is more of your red and an indigo, and then Amy is that light blue. I think that's yeah. the one that I recognize most, like in the moment, like oh yeah, that's the the light blue motif. Also, this kind of forgot this one thing I should mention is that uh, during my time in college, I was in Little Women the musical, in which I played the the lovely old man, Mr. Lawrence, just. Add a little depth of experience and uh, connection to, connection to the story, and I think shout out Chris Cooper puts in a fantastic performance as Mister as uh, the Mister Lawrence when he gives Beth that piano. Yep. it's just ah, oh, so so touching. So Beautiful this moment. was originally a book, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Lu- Louisa May Alcott came out like eighteen sixties. Okay. Eighteen sixty one, and so the fact that they were able to put in all these very modern actors, like very modern, like looking and feeling people but it just all makes it all makes a lot of sense um you like you really do believe it even if you're like okay that's too much chalamet that's right. laura dern from jurassic park but it you just you just believe it because i think everyone is truly fully committing i think i think about that most in those when they're doing their little plays and they're you know performing for the local children it's just such genuine joy and they're just they were having in, fun truly in like a at play mindset like you really just feel that, and you're having fun along with them. I'm sure there was a lot of moments of of improv, like in you know each different take and stuff. So you the very the spontaneity of of childhood generally, yep. they really just nailed it. Especially considering that you have actors in their mid to late twenties playing children, but like you buy just, it. You totally buy it, and I think that's probably one of the more impressive aspects of the whole thing Absolutely. that they do the childhood and adult adulthood thing it just just all it just all works it's so 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 great so what's the deal with timothy chalamet's character throughout the film like why does he just feel like he needs to go through all the sisters you know what <laughs> i mean god like, yeah in some way yeah he's maybe one of the, i shouldn't say the, there was probably some historic there's been some historical fuck boys but yeah in, uh American fuckboys in literature. He has to be one of the first. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And Tim, like, did he just Tim really Tim want to marry well, into that look, family or I, something? Well, I think a part of it was proximity. Uh, I mean, they, they were what neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. Doesn't look like uh, towns were particularly dense back then. Um, especially somebody who has a lot of property. He came from kind of an affluent family. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that family was and that group of girls was really his main. At least when he in his younger days was his main exposure to. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because when I first saw this movie and then maybe even upon a second viewing within the following year, I was still unsure about Chalamet in this movie because yeah. his, his character, he's just an asshole. Like, uh, you know, more you watch, you start to understand it a little more. But upon first watch, you're like, this guy sucks. Yeah. And yeah, yeah he uh, gets gets drunk and, you know, makes fun of Amy and, at a party and tells tells Meg that her dress sucks and uh, does this whole back and forth thing with Joe? Like, like what? Like, I get it. You're 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 super pretty, man. But like, get it together. Be right. a, be a gentleman. Like, I understand the standards were a lot lower in the 1860s when it came but to. But there was still courtship and chivalry. That was very much still a thing. Right, and it and it just <laughs> Timmy probably has the most iPhone face of anybody. Yes. In the movie. you're like that guy has definitely seen and held a phone <laughs> yeah. and taken selfies like more than any of the other people in the movie. I would say. Um, but I've come, I've, so you come around long story short, I've come around quite a bit on his yeah. performance and him as a movie star generally. I'm I, I've, excited to watch his career. I've kind of been 
apprehensive to buy in to Timothy Chalamet, especially because I don't know. He just very meme worthy. I feel like a lot of people. He just I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's a meme. I feel um, like he. Played, I can't take him seriously. Dude, sometimes. he he played almost the identical character in Lady Bird. Yes. Yeah, and I I, I could I could see that, and obviously there's a lot with Greta and Saoirse and Timmy. The fact that yeah. there's. I think they, these movies came out back to back years. I think Lady Bird came out 2017, so I'm sure there was some carryover uh, in how they connected to one another, you know, on and off screen. I'm, I'm sure you, you feel some of that, but I think that honestly, I don't think that's a bad thing per se. Uh, something that is just one of my favorite things is when directors have their people, and yes. they and you feel you know bits of their characters you know from past projects carry on you know years and sometimes decades, like you know. De Niro and Scorsese. And I I truly think that in in 30, 40 years, Saoirse and Greta will have made 10 plus movies together. And Saoirse has continued to get Oscar nominations. Yeah, not to mention, so Saoirse's 29. She's a four-time Oscar nominee already. Three for leading. Wow. So Brooklyn, Lady Bird, and this movie. Um, And so, like, that's, I think, this director-actor pairing. I really hope this one uh, continues for a long time because it's... I watch it and I'm like, yeah, this is electric. And same thing with Lady Bird, which I also think is which I have pro- not which, seen. which is also I would say like a five star movie. Like they just totally nail it. Um, got to put that on the list at some point. Got to put it on the list. Have you not but, seen Lady Bird? No. What? I know. Come I know. Got to get terrible. out there more, dude. Excuse me. You still haven't seen a uh, Barbenheimer yet. I haven't had time. What are you gonna do I about had it? Time. I might see Barbie tonight. All right. All right. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. What are we um, not invited, jerk? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Okay. Anyway, back to back to Sersha. Um, this is just a really, really tough role to play because you have this ensemble cast around you, but Joe is still this this the center of the story, right? Everything kind of uh revolves around her, and she has to you know, Sersha has to balance, you know, the older and the younger and yep. kind of control the tone of the movie throughout. Um and and do yeah, do what she can to to stand out among all these really strong and different performances. It's, it's just she, she nailed it as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, uh, to to your point, I found myself being very focused on her and drawn in when she had her moments, um, and and she had the appropriate amount of draw. I think again, when you talk about an ensemble cast, and with this again, um, a credit to to the direction, but I think the individual performance from Saoirse, uh as well as the rest of the cast. Uh, though you could tell, yes, she is the quote unquote main character per se. Uh, she did not pull, um, pull me out of being invested in the other characters, which I think is very important. Mm-hmm. Anything on Saoirse? I know you're quite a fan as well, Alec, of her, of her work. I just like watching her. Mm-hmm. Nice to look at. <laughs> that's True. kind of, that's kind yep. of very consistent with mm-hmm. a lot of the people in the film across yep. the board. Uh, another cool, like uh, production note is that, Apparently, upon learning that Gerwig was going to write and direct this movie, uh, her good buddy, Sersha called her up and said, I'm Joe. She said really? she essentially cast herself oh, that's awesome. in the movie. And I think, you know, that seems consistent with Joe's Joe's mindset yes. that she'll, you know, that she'll ask for what she wants. And um, although I'd, I never read the I haven't read the book, I know it's. Joe March as this symbol of, you know, strong femininity and, and, you know, intellect. I think that's still very palpable. And I think Saoirse does a great job embodying that, Um, you know, and she, yeah, 
that, that monologue that she did has already become famous where, you know, you know, women have, have hearts and minds and that like that whole scene is just so amazing. And, you know, kind of the skeleton key of under, of, you know, understanding all the, all the themes Absolutely. of it. Um, I think she's just wonderful. Moving on to, to flow. Okay. I, uh, this is lady. Pew. I'm, I'm going to blow your <laughs> classic podcast. Moment. I'm going to blow your guys' minds with this one. All right. So in 2019, uh, Florence Pugh starred in Midsommar, which came out August 30th, and then Little Women, which came out on Christmas. She's currently 27. She'll turn 28 in January. Yeesh. So she was 23 at the time of both of those movies coming out. That is insane. Which were essentially all 23. Nathan will turn 23 in a few days here. Yeah. Um, and so she's younger than that when the movies were filmed. Uh, I think they were both filmed in 2018. Talk about talk about being that. Well, I that's, guess it's not super young, but think about being that age from Midsummer, which that's a whole other can of worms. That movie, man, is, oh, and it's oh. so she shot Midsummer and then Little Women right after, and said it was like therapy. She got to work out all those emotions from yeah. this incredibly disturbing, disturbing, heavy, 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 heavy thing, just to go to st- st- a kind of a heavy movie in a like the opposite way like there, i don't know it's something about it like you really feel all those sister sisterly heavy you know, with an bonding. air of whimsy I yeah, guess. yeah i would say so yeah because like you know we, we should say I don't, we're, we're three guys talking about about little women here but i certainly had a few moments that i you know connected with where there's because you know, we all we all have uh me and alec have have siblings yeah right and like moments of where they're screaming and fighting and then it's just quiet crying just a few minutes later you know or joe crying about her hair and how she was sad about it like it's it all just you know you just believe it Feels even though real. it's supposed to take a take place 150 years ago like you still it, it's st- still feels very authentic i know we're kind of spamming that word authentic and genuine but i think it's that's important with a film like this mm-hmm. i think the just being the idea of being genuine and being your true self is one of the bigger ideas in this movie yeah you know each of them have to each sister and you know same for for marmy as well have to um you know it's the struggle between wanting to be your your yourself your full self and be genuine but deal with the the you know the square you know the peg your the place you're yes. put in you know society wise right society right. and even in the family in the family the, yes. the birth order i yep. think has a huge amount to do with yes. uh how, which what each sister wants you know thinks that they should pursue right meg just has to you know marry you know pretty much as soon as she can and marry into money right. and then you know get into the domestic life as soon as possible and then you have amy who's the youngest and she wants and she feels the need to prove everyone else wrong because she's the youngest and she's has many scenes where she clearly feels excluded and stuff especially um, like that that scene on the lake where she like goes out and mm-hmm. tries skating out and ends up falling and it was through a- the water after, after she burnt the yeah her book which yeah was, that was that's insane. that's crushing that was that is that I is like, an emotionally just oh, dis- you know hell no emotionally crushing moment because like again if you if you have siblings or you know even if you have this kind of moment with your parents like you as a child like you don't know how to process Cope your emotions, those emotions that way right. you just want to that's just you just want to hurt the other person yeah, yeah in you know the easiest way you can and it's and you know florence sells it and Sersha sells that whole build up of you know where's my book and uh it kind of worked out because uh, they, she ended up burning it in the end anyway so yeah just starting from scratch mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, in that moment. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like it, it's so, so oh, it, it's, it's, so it's one of those. It's one of those moments where, and you know, the film's doing a good job if some part of you wants to look away when that's happening, just because. I, and again, it's not. It's not anything graphic. It's just emotionally, like, gee, oh, talk about mm-hmm. stab in the back. And then, yeah, Alec, like you were saying, the scene where they go, where they're ice skating. I'm man, think about, I'm thinking about how many children died falling into frozen lakes in the 1800s oh, i'm sure just, just from like catching like, a fever Christmas, probably we had yeah. five children fall into frozen lakes <laughs> yesterday you know like you're like oh my god that's it for her um i guess that is a decent is a decent segue to the only truly like bad thing big time bad thing to happen is the loss of of sweet beth yes um Oof. you know that's that's what they real. that's where the non where the you know non-linear nature of the of the narrative really kind of shines mm-hmm. i would say because again how it's all i mean the editing i think is so great how they tell the story of beth and show life before and after they lose her and you know where she fits in as one of the two middle siblings with joe and that she just wants everyone to be happy and wants to um you know just be nice and get along with everybody uh yeah eliza scanlon also is pitch perfect as, yeah that, as that, that was an say. excellent performance and I, I will say too um it i mean i, I me watching the film right I, I i and i don't know the story either so i you kind of you know obviously as i bounce back and forth between the past and and you know current you could just kind of feel yeah she's probably gonna die mm-hmm. um just as an audience member you you kind of start to see that coming but then i think one of the really interesting things to see is with with an outcome like that that's kind of expected on the on part of the audience um is what's interesting is really watching the characters the other the other characters uh, in the story deal with that dread of you know she's not in great condition you know there's probably a good chance she doesn't make it just because she keeps progressively getting worse and worse Mm -hmm. by the day um and and i mean the 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 moment i think that the the bulk of the family kind of they're all together and they're they're coping with her being gone, just the sense of dread, the the different ways in their faces that they're processing the emotions of losing her. Um, it's tough to watch, but uh, very beautifully portrayed on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alec, any any uh, thoughts on on Beth? Just that whole storyline, the one that dies. Okay, uh, we're on something. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, something that we haven't mentioned explicitly yet is the the famous color palette shift with oh yes present present day and going back to their to their childhood and i think just that very simple visual language just uh is really displayed in those moments uh you know yeah leading up to losing beth when you know so you know joe is in you know sleeping sleeping alongside her and then you know, she goes downstairs and she you know she's you know she's feels better and it's christmas that's when bob odenkirk shows up and then when she goes downstairs and it's marmy sitting in the same spot with the cold colder color palette she turns around and she's crying it's just very simple visual cues and you know motifs that just work just works so well very very simply i mean speaking of just visual storytelling i mean i was blessed to have seen oppenheimer just a few days before watching this film and talk about two films with very, I mean, simple to say the least, but very effective visual storytelling Oppenheimer with uh, shifting between color and black and white to, so, to show. Um, I, I think 
I've heard two different schools of thoughts, uh, subjectivity and objectivity, um, and you know, what's mm-hmm. accurate and what's not, but also what is Oppenheimer's perspective and, and what is another character's perspective uh, in black and white. But again, just, just really great to see two films with such interesting and creative ways of visual storytelling that really just help paint the picture of the film. I, I love, I mean, I, I love show, uh, don't tell. Mm-hmm. So, right. I guess one last note on uh, Beth. Ironically, the whole cast got strep throat while filming, which is the predecessor to Scarlet Fever. Uh, very, very dark irony. Yeah, but uh, uh, glad they all glad they all recovered and and made it through. Um, I guess we haven't talked about Greta specifically that Not much. Not nearly enough. So she was hired in in 2016 to write the movie. It had already been in talks among you know across studios for a couple of years, but then also signed on as director uh, in 2018. Um, initially, she was not on people's lists. Yeah. You know, uh, their shortlist to direct the movie, but she had a really great pitch of her vision and people were drawn to the, the fact that she said she was very inspired by the story when she was younger to be a, a writer, storyteller, uh, director. Full circle moment mm-hmm. for her, huh? Very, very, very full circle. Um, her pitch of the movie was described as, you know, the ambition and the dreams that you have as a girl and then how they get stomped out as you grow up. Uh, that's a, a quote. And then also kind of gets into the commercialization of art, right? You, ha- yeah. you find that passion for, for writing and for storytelling as a child. And then once you get into that transitional period, early 20s and beyond, you... That's like the first, that's the opening of the movie. Yeah. You see her dealing with it's like, oh well, you know, your creative vision is compromised, but you know, mm-hmm. you ha- you get a minimal amount right. of money for it. Right. She, uh, the story needs to end with her getting married. Right. That. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. I mean, perfect. Uh, I guess uh, allegory for what's going on today. Just uh, so many hands in the pot. Again, the commercialization mm-hmm. of uh, commercialization of film art literature all that so many hands trying to say what we want what you know an agenda we want to push what we want to say but somehow in that uh it can be very easy for the artistic the artist's true desire uh to to express to to be lost so very very sad but very accurate Mm -hmm. and you really believe that all the actors are are bought in on that pitch and that big idea as well um because you uh you really see that shift a very stark shift um from if you want to call it if we're going to look at it linearly act one and act two yeah of the story um you have you know all true like truly different people in both parts of the story and especially amy uh florence's character yeah. uh it's because like you fully believe her as like the youngest of the fa- you know the baby of the family and she's you know whiny and bothersome and but super spontaneous and funny and then she is you know this very grown-up a high high society woman, you know, living in Paris and as an artist, like it's again. The more the more I talk about, it, the more I'm like, wow, yeah. it's just so impressive the, that that they nailed all these aspects. And again, through different periods in each of their the mm-hmm. characters' lives, very impressive. Mm-hmm. A couple of notes on Greta: she uh, was pregnant throughout the film and kept it a secret, uh, and then. Uh, it must birth- not have been a super lengthy filming process. Uh, no, and then right, um, and then. Uh, Gave, uh, gave birth to her first son uh, during the edit of the film the following year. So that's that's super cool. I think uh, she had uh, another child somewhat recently. So uh, congrats to her and uh, her partner Noah. Uh, one other thing that I saw uh, Greta talk about that I was really that I was really interested by was she 
wanted to play into this con- very special platonic and romantic connection with Joe and Lori. Mm. Um, and they're kind of attracted to each other through their androgyny because he is a boy with a girl's name and she is a boy she's a girl with a boy's name yeah um and Good call. She, there was also some costume design ideas where that kind of connected them through colors as well them. um and i because on you know this is my third fourth watch i believe and it's still like you're watching like you really don't know whether it's truly a, rom- a romantic connection or more of a platonic connection i think and think that's where the past experience with them working together on Lady Bird, I think that really helps where you really you, you believe that they've been f- you know friends throughout childhood and then that they're at this very complicated inflection point yeah. as they you know Lori's talking about going off to you know, he's going to go off to Europe and uh, Joe's not sure what he's going to do at some point and then probably the most famous scene of the movie is that um, you know that very heated exchange between the two of them on the hill. You know, it's no use. I love you, Joe. I've always Ooh. loved you. And, um, you know, Joe denies him. And then we see her look back later saying, maybe I denied him too quickly. If he asked me again, I would say yes. Oh. Um, and, but then you know, Laura Dern also just a um, perfect casting as Marmy. It's like, okay, yes, but do you, you know, do you love him? Oh. Like, if, like, it's just, uh, it just gets you. It yeah, just, it yeah, just yeah. gets you. Call, it's, call it's, me a little bit of a sucker, but when that was happening, I was like, Oh my God. It's because I don't know. I feel like maybe not everyone has had like someone that they've known since childhood that they have loved for years and years, but you all, it's like all so everybody has some you can kind of complicated idea. connection. Someone, you know, someone that you, th- you know, someone that you think about that's like kind of like your what if type person. And then this guy obviously just has to end up with her sister, Ugh. which makes it uh, a lot more complicated. And do you, Zoinks. and but then as the watcher, you still kind of believe in the idea of, of Lori and Joe, even though yeah, you see Lori and Amy and you're like, yeah, I get it. They both kind of want similar things. You know, they both kind of want the finer things in life. Again, Lori's already had access to those. Um, but yeah, they, they, I just keep saying it. They nailed it. Yeah, that's just get, me. Get most of right. just me saying they get nailed right it the over and over again. I mean, uh, again, properly portrayed romance in film, whether or not it ends well or not portrayed properly and uh, just super effective here and then the the fact that they're able to establish so much with uh joe and Lori, and i think it, with professor bear coming back at the end i think that the fact that that all is successful as well and a proper ending you know do you know how long the movie was because uh, i think it's like like 215 210 something like that i mean that sounds about right, but it did not feel long. But it felt like there was a lot that happened. Yeah, one thirty-five. So one thirty-five minutes. So so two fifty. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and it did not feel long. It deserved its runtime. They packed in a, a very I feel like dense story into you know two hours fifteen mm-hmm. minutes, and it again flew by in my opinion watching yeah. the film. I, th- I think I fixed my mic. Awesome. I, I was That's having some issues with it before. It you might. Bad. Yeah, th- there might be some static, but I've been trying to keep it kind of down low, and I've been turning my mic off. So, thank you for your hard work. Yeah, this, this would not happen without you. There, no. There's a lot going on behind the that. scenes, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. But um, so any any reactions to the last? I'm 10, try- 15 I'm minutes? just trying to jump back into this conversation right. here. Joe, Joe so and Lori, for- like oh, that complicated relationship. <laughs> I feel like you guys covered a lot of it. <laughs> I- I'm not even gonna bother. That's, all right, I, fair enough. I, I can accept it. Okay, 
so I would say, again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know the, the you know, how it truly is in the text. But the big difference between this movie, this adaptation, and then the musical adaptation that I was in was uh, Professor Bear is a bigger character throughout the story. Um, wait, wait, wait. I'm curious. How how is like the musical like like i think it's i think it's good like yeah. it's not like my favorite show okay but like i had a great time it's oh, we it's had a hard, great time doing it and it's hard picturing this film as a musical at yeah, least kind to of, me kind of i i, I kind of see the vision it's i mean it's a smaller scale yeah. show right you're not it's not okay giant you know 30 person ensemble numbers but it, is the what, what do you think st- in the show itself does the narrative itself shine through or does the music you think elevate yeah, or think, shine i think the narrative i think the narrative shines through okay. um you know, if you know the show, uh, you know probably the most well-known moment from the show is the end of Act One. Joe has a solo number called "Astonishing." You probably heard it. I, yeah, I think um, that, that sounds familiar. And so that's like the fact that she gets that moment. I think that really works well for the story. And there's a cup. They get more into, you know, there's a couple songs that are like they're them doing their plays and storytelling and stuff. There's some of that. You know, Marmy gets a gets a nice little song. Uh, Mr. Lawrence is in it uh, slightly more. Um, yeah, the husbands. I'd say the male, char- you know, the male characters yeah. each get uh, a song, but that'd be super sweet memories that I have with that show. Again, it's not like one of my favorite shows ever, but yeah. it's it's super sweet. I I no, prefer I watching. Watch I prefer watching this movie to the show, but um, I'd say the show is still. So we are a little past the forty minute mark. Mm. That means I'm going to go get the ice cream that mm. Evan so graciously mm-hmm. purchased for this episode. Um, you guys talk for a couple minutes and then we'll do the reveal once I'm back down here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. We'll keep it Sounds going. Sounds good. Let's see. Did I have any other, any other facts that I left out? Um, I think I covered most of it. Um, oh, Emma Watson in oh, the film? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we have to, we have to talk give, about give her, give her her flowers. Absolutely. She, um, Oh, I, one thing I read is that Emma Stone was the original person cast Get out. as Meg, but dropped out due to conflicts uh, filming uh, the favorite. I would have liked that too. Oscar nomination, but I yeah, that would have been that good too. as well. Been good. But no, good for good for good for Emma Emma Watts. You know, yeah. I, well, she did. Uh, I thought she slotted perfectly into the character. Again, it's believable oldest sister. Believable eldest sister. Um, and again, Emma Watson just has this air of. Uh, elegance and mm-hmm. femininity um that that's metered it's just excellent mm-hmm. portrayal on screen i i don't know how that translates to to meg in the in the, the book or um in in, in the play uh, mm-hmm. if it's kind of analogous but uh re- really just excellent performance plus i mean us knuckleheads were young enough to have grown up with the uh the harry potter movies mm-hmm. um big emma watson fans i i really do appreciate when a movie to a certain extent plays upon the actors like public personas. Yes. And I think they do this in a, a subtle enough way um, that, you know, I think it all works. Okay. Alex back with the ice cream. So what I selected was, and I wanted, again, I originally picked this for <laughs> uh, the Florida project, but I think this also, it also works, also works with little women. Um, I want to pick something that was nostalgic in a new way. Like this, like this movie is right. It's nostalgic, but it's still very modern and very new. So one of my, f- I'm, if you know me, I'm, I have a major sweet tooth. I've always had a sweet tooth. Sweet tooth. And one of my uh, favorite sweet snacks as a child was Little Debbie's oatmeal cream pies. So I have uh, 
Hudsonville Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies ice cream. Little Debbie, little uh, Debbie. for little women. Little Debbie for little women. There I you didn't go. even think about that part. That's fantastic. Okay. But, you know, themes of childhood in both the Florida Project and here. So it kind of kind of works out in the end. Yeah. Out. Shout out to Florida Project, though. We're also, so sorry also. we lied to you. Very sorry. Things happen. Mm-hmm. We just weren't in the mood. You know, it's such yeah. a depressing film. Yeah. And we weren't feeling depressed that day. We're going to be completely honest with you. We were probably all a little, a, a little buzzed. From what? I don't know. No, what, we, I don't know what you're talking. What are you talking? We yeah. we had gone out for Marg. Maybe no, we didn't. Maybe you. Maybe, yeah, we were. Yeah. <sighs> we we should have filmed recorded this episode a week ago today, but when Little Women ended at like nine fifteen, Alec was like, "We're asleep. We gotta do a pod tomorrow." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "We we were we were." Nathan on Nathan was half asleep. I was really tired, um, and also I've been sick for this point for a week, so. I was feeling a little funky at that point too, um, and I yeah I was like, dude, we need to go. Home. No, I was I was rejuvenated by Little Women. I felt like watching Little Women is like the equivalent of drinking like eight Bang Energies. You know, no. just just fills your heart with with joy and you know this re, tastes, re, refills my tastes like dude. Pie. This tastes exactly <laughs> yeah. like oatmeal yeah, cream they pies. Kind of just like Little Women. They kind of nailed it. Um, <laughs> I'm already grabbing a, a second. It, it tastes scoop. like the cream puff ice cream that I. This is very. Oh, good. It do, oh that's it do, true. It does kind of taste similar. Similar color. Yeah, going back to the cars episode, we had a cream puff ice cream, which we all gave a rave review. It tastes kind of similar. Um, kinda. I think. Vin- <laughs> all right. I, I like this good. more than the cream puff. The cream puff had that horrible texture. I liked that though. It was like no. the flakes of cream puff. But they were but soggy. But how accurate is it to oatmeal cream pie? I think this is pretty accurate. It's close. I wouldn't say it's like a dead ringer, but it. No, but it's. It's close. It's even good. if it's not that, it's delightful. Just, just pretty delicious. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not, not gonna lie. How many um, cones of ice cream would you give Lieutenant Dan out of ten of this? Mm. Mm. I'm. I'm giving this eight and a half cones. Like. It's, I like it a lot. It's in the same genre as, as the previous one. Do a little I, half cone there. I, well. I give it a seven. I'm not I'm not thrilled about it, but it's good. Solid eight. Solid eight. This is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll probably have some more off mic. I think um, Lieutenant Dan would like this. Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant Dan would like this. Certainly. Um, oh, I was listening to a podcast about Forrest Gump, speaking of. Ah, uh, and they were going through some behind-the-scenes stuff that I... There's some facts I didn't know that I thought were uh, super interesting. Again, stuff that just doesn't happen anymore. Forrest Gump played in theaters for 42 weeks. What? 42 weeks. That's that just does not happen anymore. Like Oppenheimer and Barbie will not be playing. They'll be out in like a month probably. Yeah. No. They'll they'll stick around for a couple months, but by Halloween they will be gone for sure. Those are probably the more recent movies that have as much staying power as Mm -hmm. as uh, not 42 weeks worth, but. And now with movies being pushed back due to the strikes, oh, I think yeah. it, it will open up even more for Barbie yeah, and Oppenheimer to clean up at the Oscars. Yeah. I mean, I think Killers of the Flower Moon will not get moved, I believe. Dune might get moved to 2024. Uh, the, Zen- the Zendaya film Challengers got moved to yep. next year. Um, but still other stuff could get pushed back. So um, it could all... It might be. It'd be very poetic in you know a somewhat sad way if the stars aligned for Barbenheimer in that way. It's kind of like a 
in the next year ver- like is will it be a top gun maverick situation where they just get a bunch of nominations oh, like just just you know because thanks thanks for saving movies but like you know you don't win anything great i think maybe Oppenheim, Opp- like oppenheimer is probably a a better movie than top gun yeah and yeah a, a maverick in, in certain ways yes. but um i don't know i'm just excited to see how the discourse continues over the next few months and um i'm sure you know, obviously the barbie discourse a little a few more idiots in there um plenty but i i'm so excited to see barbie again and just shout out to Greta Gerwig for making Little Women a perfect film. She she hasn't um, missed. Has not missed. I, I mean, she's two for two pro- with me. Again, I think this is a not even a bad, like not even a hot take. Barbie's probably her third best movie. I don't, is I don't, it, I is it Lady, Bird, Lady Bird? But Woman? I think Lady Bird and Lady Bird and Little Women are like One true blue five star. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. Like would not change a dang thing. But again, I think Barbie is as good as it could be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, for for what it is, yeah, I would have never thought yeah, that. Not again. not to not to downplay it, like for what it, like, you know, not not trying to downplay it. No, by but it's hard. For what it is, but, but, it's, but it's hard because I mean, I think conceptually, I, again, maybe this is just me being skeptical of motivation in Hollywood, probably deservedly so. But I, I certainly think a big part of this was a advertising cash grab for Mattel. We talked yeah, about yeah. the, cur- the, ad, the advertising, uh, like suffocating almost. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's uh, creative and fun. Like, but I, it, they, they exactly. did it. Like they and it's. I think it's set records, box office records for Monday after an, a weekend opening. Right now, it's sitting at seven hundred seventy-five million dollars box office worldwide or domestic. Worldwide. Ooh, yo, yo, Oppenheimer's four hundred million worldwide, which, which is for a ra- for, for R-rated a three, movie, three-hour R-rated, R-rated white guys talking in rooms movie. That's I think I'm eighty million in the first weekend, which is a, a big credit to Barbie <laughs> in, a, in a sense, right? Like, so I think both of them were didn't did not depreciate from the other success only strengthened it but you know again again that's where i go back to this event style release i just let i miss the days and again this this was the most recent example of it but i miss the days when leading up to a film was an event um we when we saw oppenheimer yesterday our second rewatch was uh in an imax uh theater which that specific auditorium uh, auditorium Evan told me the last time he was there was when he and I and a couple other friends back in high school saw The Force Awakens mm-hmm. uh, on opening night. Yeah, and again, Star Wars has that staying power. Uh, debatable now with kind of the direction of the franchise, which they, that's a whole can of worms if uh, if we eventually get to that someday. Um, but just talking about the the air, uh, the the feeling in there, mm-hmm. the electricity in there, leading up to a release of a movie, you know. Uh, the force awakens was like that the barbenheimer effect was like that too i love that feeling i love when going out to see a film and again not everything has to be super hyped up and mainstream but to to see the collective uh, interest and enthusiasm mm-hmm. for something like like we've just seen with barbenheimer um, I, f- I feel like the marketing old heart the marketing for both these films was pretty minimal too i feel like for Barbie, you're talking about Barbie. For Barbie, dude, mm. I didn't see Barbie ads until like two weeks before Get it out. got in theaters. You're, everything was you are, no, dude. Just, I mean, dude, everything you, you was right on social you, media. Maybe you haven't <laughs> maybe seen you it, did, but, but you are wrong, no, is, dude. Everything was social media based. Unbe- like the extent of this marketing campaign for Barbie is is crazy. It yes. really is. Yeah. So I guess 
Maybe it was a new approach, and I just wasn't looking at it. Maybe you're a little, again, like, you're a little you're, less online. You're, you're also maybe not the right demographic. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just not seeing it. So the algorithms that we're showing. Yeah, you since you work, since you work with cars, you know, you would be getting <laughs> a lot knew, of Barbie stuff. But, <laughs> maybe, but maybe if you work with horses, you know, if you've seen Barbie, oh, yeah. you yeah. know, you get some horse. Uh, get I will, some I will say, talk about minimal. I feel like Oppenheimer was very understated in its that, advertising. Yeah, but just banger trailers. Oh, like I, we already, we already talked about. They let the trailers speak for themselves. I'm I'm a sucker for a trailer, even though trailers just essentially just give away stuff about the movie and kind of re- get release some of that tension. When I just see a perfectly constructed trailer with a great song, not like a pop song, but like just you know the like the score being used, yeah. like in the Oppenheimer trailers, I'm just like or, I chills. I love it. Or you know that, uh, and there's definitely one of the trailers where this is a prominent thing, and it, it it's prominent in the movie itself too. But there are moments with like I guess it it's kind of like a Geiger counter sound. Like mm-hmm. the, the crackling. Yes. Oh, there's one trailer that came out. I don't know if it was the first or the second, but just watching that, I mean, obviously nuclear war and radiation mm-hmm. and death is scary. And then the Geiger counter sound just adds yeah. ugh, an animosity uh, Dude, to the film. It is so unfortunate we don't have any 70 millimeter IMAX theaters in this it, state, though. We're All the, of our we, theaters are Chicago Chicago is the digital. third biggest city. In the U.S. population wise, no, no, closest no, is Indianapolis, no, right? No Trimax within three hours. Yeah, Indianapolis is the closest. In, one. Indianapolis or Grand Rapids, okay. I believe those are the closest ones. That's, yeah, that's lunacy. That's it's very sad. We we do have seventy millimeter projectors. Yeah, we do music, have IMAX music projectors. Yes, but we don't have a seventy mil IMAX. Which is a, no. That is a crime come on IMAX shame. Chicago. What are you doing? Get in yeah. this market. Like put one in because a lot of them are in museums. Yeah, you know, across the country. Yeah. So. You would be. It's honestly surprising why the Field Museum or Science and History that neither of them have MSI should have one. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I, I get it. They're big and they're probably expensive to maintain. But I, I would hope that this the Oppenheimer craze may be a little bit of a, a traditional IMAX format renaissance. Maybe we see. I because I personally, I, I mean, I really. I'm a sucker for it. Dolby, but you know, IMAX is up there. But yeah. I mean, in. The true IMAX format. I've never watched true IMAX. You should go see so I don't Barbie and Dolby because since oh, since Oppenheimer's yeah. playing in IMAX, Barbie's, Barbie's the in, one in yep. Dolby. So ah, go to the, dude, what a beautiful picture! Dolby, mm-hmm. the picture and sound, it, it's worth the extra like ten, fifteen bucks a ticket or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I believe there's not another IMAX release over the next couple of weeks, so Oppenheimer will oh, have control of IMAX for another two, three weeks after That's this. That's good to know. Which, yeah. which, is, which is cool. So are we planning a day trip to true Into, in, to Indy? I would. For, oh, it might be worth it. It might, it might be, be worth it. it. It might be worth it. Um, yeah. But IMAX, if you're listening, we want more. Yeah, sponsor the pod, IMAX. You know, we'll oh, yeah. get, get Nolan. Uh, he'd love to hang out with us. We can talk about Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. Oh, yeah. Recently oh, learned yeah. Is, uh, one of Chris Nolan's uh, favorite sit sit down and hang out you movies. First, your last. Yep. It's true. Yep. I I guess we can maybe talk about what the next our next movie's going to be. Yeah. A little we, bit we of haven't there talked there about was, it at all. Right, no. have, a little bit of open discussion here. Um, well, I did just say Talladega Nights. I know, that's, Lander, I know that's a movie we're all passionate about. That would be another a little bit of jump, comedy jumping there. genre. But... What what else is jumping out to you? Uh, I, I think we definitely should do a comedy. I w- could do bar- could do Barbie, could do Barbie, could do Barbie, hood, could do Barbie, could do could do Barbenheimer in more detail as an episode. Maybe, maybe. I know we'll be we'll be late to the might need a break. We'll be late to the craze. Well, we don't have to watch that's Barbenheimer true, yet. That's he, true. He, once he does it, we could just it's come locked, together and it's locked in and uh, okay. and talk about it. But um, 
I also I think Alex right maybe for the next one we should pivot to a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would, that would give us a lot to talk about. And then a different. super serious drama after that. Yes, I I'm a big proponent of uh, Prisoners. I okay. don't Jake know Jake Hall. Oh, that's that's yeah, I know that, the film. I, I've never excellent. seen it. That's yeah. a, that's as serious as it gets. That pretty, is pretty, as, pretty you heroin. brought that up, so I said that. Um, but also I'm very biased to the things that again. Well, I think no country for that, old men. Mm-hmm. Also very good. Mm-hmm. We're just spitting off really excellent films here. Um, but I'm talking about things that were you know transformative to us when we were younger. Oh, okay. I, I okay. like well, and I think it'd be very uh, appropriate considering. Uh, the fifth and final movie has come out just what over a month ago, which can of worms there. But um, that aside, the Indiana Jones franchise lives oh, very deeply little, in my heart. We could do a Raiders or a Last Crusade. Yeah. I, I'd opt for one of those. Yeah, I would. Those oh, would be good. easily. Those are yes. Um, uh, maybe maybe Last Crusade. May, yeah, we could give Last Crusade a little love. I. I think I'd be down for that. That is my. Favorite. It's not a com- it's not a comedy, but no. like still different, Pl- different plenty, than the other ones. Plenty of humor too. Yeah, there, there's humor. there's comedic that, elements. That might be a good movie. idea. Yeah, we yeah. could yeah. capitalize on the. Again, unfortunately, the fifth one was super mid. At least among the yeah. half of it I saw, I slept through most of it. Yeah, uh, Evan and I saw it uh, together uh, with my girlfriend mm-hmm. Lexi. It was a late. It was a two and a half hour yeah. movie, and it, was, it started at nine forty. So it really started. Oh wow! Well, it really started at ten. That day, Evan and I had already watched a film. Mm-hmm. We had seen Nope. Uh, in 70 millimeter film yeah. at the Music Box Theater. What a Chicago. beautiful theater, by the way. Yes. Beautiful. I used Shout to live to within Box. walking Please, distance to so it. Could spon- you could sponsor us as well. Dude. Absolutely. We'd love to hang out and see more movies there. Um, <laughs> all just such like, I get it. It's just fun to say 70 millimeter. It's just so, yeah, I just saw it in 70 millimeter. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. It does. You know. Um, but beautiful to watch too. Be- beautiful to watch as well. And you get the organ show if you go to the Music Box too before the... Uh, before they play it well we were running we were running we were running what very very late we were running running late late and we quite literally were running we yes we sorry if any anybody's in chicago listening this and lives around the music box you may have seen us at around 3 p.m on saturday august july uh oh yeah not not august july 15th something like that something like that if you saw two young men running with all their might we were running to see Jordan Peele's sci-fi mass, sci-fi western masterpiece. Nope, excellent, um, excellent. Also a perfect movie. We could do, maybe we could do that in the future. That would be a very good one to talk about. But yeah, yeah I know we can, we can wrap up here. Um, yeah, Little Women. We all we all really really enjoy Super it. Super fun film. Um, yeah, I just got very nostalgic for twenty the movie days of twenty nineteen. Yeah, watching this and the fact that this could even this could even be the outside somebody's top ten for movies and have it still be reasonable for 2019 I mean. we, we didn't touch on this but i want to touch on it really quick because i saw in your notes it came out the the same weekend as rise of skywalker uh, yeah yeah it did i saw that came, is a crying shame came, because came, came it, out alongside rise of skywalker and uh jumanji the next level which rise, I've not seen. i'm sure rise of skywalker sucked so many people away from seeing little women mm-hmm. I, I again not I don't Demo- know if people would have no. seen it anyways. No, no, no big, definitely no big like, demographic not a of, overlap. Yeah, there's not a ton of no, crossover. No there. big demographic overlap. But when you talk about a, a film franchise as big as Star Wars, you know it's definitely taking something away from other films releasing mm-hmm. that weekend. And again, this is just my personal opinion here. I'm sure it's an opinion of a lot of people, but The Rise of Skywalker was not a good way to end that trilogy. So Yeah, not a Star Wars guy uh, at all compared to you, but I saw Rise of Skywalker by myself at a 10 a.m. screening in January. Yeah, super disappointing super, super forgettable again i don't really care that much about the whole thing but yeah lame movie if i could travel back in time 
to that you'd weekend. Watch Little Women. I would tell people. I would tell myself, and I tell everybody else, go see Little Women. You'd be Do like, not you'd be, waste you'd your be money like on reverse this. Sound of Freedoming it. You'd be standing outside the theater for Rise of Skywalker. No, no, no. no. Please go no, see Greta don't. Gerwig's adaptation of Little Women. Please go see that. You'll instead. thank me later. You'll thank me later. Yeah. So if I, we get a time machine, we'll go back and do that instead. All right. I, I think we're right at an hour. All right. So. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We love Little Women. Great. Film. I'm Evan. I'm Nathan. And I'm Alec. And this is the Lieutenant Dan Ice Cream Social Hour. <laughs>